fairly new to Anchor, so this is my first time using it. And uh, Yeah, this is my first time as well. I only downloaded it about an hour ago. Awesome. So it seems like a pretty good way to get your voice heard and get people listening to what you've got to share with others. So I yeah. thought I do I do like to express ideas on Facebook and Twitter. I thought why not just get another platform and see how things go? Yeah, I, I tend to do that. I've got I was thinking about doing podcasting for a while, but yeah. haven't really got around to it. Sure. But, what sort of what sort of things do you like to talk about? Uh like LGBT issues. Um, politics, science. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, all sorts really, all sorts of issues. I mean, some some of my opinions may offend others, but that's just because they're my opinions, and you know, <laughs> opi- opinion, opinions are not really opinions are not really right or wrong. They're just uh, you know they're just subjective. So um, yeah, opinions are entitled to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so, but obviously, in this day and age, you do have to be careful how you express your opinions because you can offend people very easily. And I find, yeah. I find that in this day and age, people are offended a lot more easily than they used to be, say, 10 years ago. I mean, I'm 34 years old now, but when I was 24, um, I never really, I wasn't really aware of a bubble where people were so so fragile. And at this day and age, it seems we have so many movements now where yeah. people have created these waves of uh, hashtags, you know, to, to indicate that they belong to certain movements. And if you offend us, we're going to start protesting, etc., etc. And I think we're, we're moving one step closer to uh, becoming a, dare I say, a snowflake community, you know, where anything you say is just going to, uh, it's just going to basically um, disintegrate the next person. So it's quite scary. Yeah. What, what uh, like, political ideas do you have? Uh, well, political ideas, I mean, I, I personally, I don't really believe in politics much because um, I, I tend to follow the money. So to, for me personally, I believe that all politics is, con- is centrally controlled because you have to look at where the currency is being issued from. At the end of yeah. the day, all governments borrow from central banks and the central banks are owned by a select number of families. And if it's a select number of families that actually own the central banks, then at the end of the day, they're going to, they're going to dictate globally how the world shapes itself. So you may, yeah. have, you, may have smaller, you may have smaller foreign policies by certain countries, but the overall world-shaping uh, policies will actually be dictated by those people who have a vested interest in controlling the populace. Yeah, so it's sort of like, yeah... If you're born into wealth, you've hit hit gold. But if you haven't, you're gonna have to be poor. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, you got you just look at look at it this way. I mean, um, you know, many years ago, we used to have in the UK, we used to have something called the Gold Standards Act, which meant that every time you give someone money, uh, as in like a, a ten pound note or five pound note, you used to be able to exchange that for actual valuable metal like gold and silver. Yeah. But today, if you walk the Bank of England with a ten pound note you'll get kicked out if you ask for uh, 10 pounds of silver or 10 pounds of gold. And if you look at the, yeah. if you if you, if you look at a 10 pound note, it used to say on there, I'm not sure if it still does, but it says, um, I promise to pay the bearer on demand a sum of 10 pounds. Well, pounds of what? You know, it's not pounds of coal or pounds of, uh, you know, pounds of um, stone. I think it's, it's pounds of silver or gold. And and because we've given up the gold standards, Act, what's that, what that's allowed um, banks to do now is to lend money to central governments uh, at extortionate interest rates, which means that the governments themselves are indebted to the central bankers, which actually now control the governments because the government's now indebted to the people that actually control the currency, which is quite scary. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on, on, on the whole political scene and uh, where you see yourself. I tend, I tend to lean towards, I mean, I love Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. But I tend to lean towards uh, like socialism. 
Right, okay. Where yep. it should be um, e- equal lives for as- everybody. So if it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, or, or somewhere in the middle, you should be able to live how you want to live. Yeah. And the, how there's a lot of like, CEOs can be earning thousands and thousands a week for doing less work than this average worker would do. Right. I believe yep. there should be a set wage for everybody. Sure. Where, like, well, stuff like that never really works. I guess the thing is, how, do, how, does, how does that work in today's society? Let's say, for example, with the trade that's going on between China and all the other countries, and China's a manufacturing powerhouse. So how does that work for, I mean, if everyone gets the same wage, for example, there was a really good example where um, the CEO in the States, I'm not sure if you heard about the news article, there was actually a video, actually, there was a video interview, this guy in the States decided to pay everybody in his company the same wage. Yeah. And, um, it was announced that you know, the news was accepted. It was received very, very well. Everyone was cheering, etc. I think he actually did a live stream online to show everyone that he's going to give his employees the same wage. What happened was after that, um, a lot of the anchors on CNN and all these other news stations were kind of thinking, well, it's quite a silly move. A lot of financial experts were also saying it's quite a silly move. But interestingly, what happened was, uh, I think a few months down the line, there were quite a few people that actually quit because what we found were those people in senior positions uh, found that um, so, uh, not just senior positions, but those people that worked harder were still being paid the same amount of money that's compared to those people who weren't doing as much work or they yeah, were just turning up. That's the point I was going to get to where a lot ideas like that, like if you read the works of Karl Marx, the writer of the Communist Manifesto, like yeah. that's... That's the thing with socialism. It's good on paper, but in reality, it wouldn't work because there's too much greed in the world. Yeah. Where, like, you uh, you, t- you tell a CEO of a multi, say, like, for example, you tell the CEOs of Apple that you're going to be on the same wages as your workers who are packing iPhones in a factory. They're never exactly. going to happen because... Exactly. Because then you'll start, what, you ha- what will happen then is you'll kill motivation, and if you kill motivation, you'll kill innovation. And so what happened is you'll eventually kill your product line. And but so see, there are new... that, 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 would, that only happens when, for example, that's what Russia tried to do, where they tried to make a This was when that Russia was obviously Soviet Union. They only did where it says in the Communist Manifesto, like, half, they did it only like halfly, where they paid everyone the same, but they left it as um, where like people would get money for, like you've just said, people lose motivation for working. Yeah. But what it says in what Karl Marx wrote, he was saying you leave it as if you, you choose to, so like, for example, in this country, if you don't work, you get looked down upon as such. Yeah, yeah. In- I, think, I think it also comes down to um, a sense of reward as well, though, because if you, if you take, for example, raising children, let's say you have five children, and each of those children, you know, they range from, say, 22 right the way down to, say, eight years old. Um, now, depending on the type of work that they do and how much they pull their weight, you would only reward them as much as they put in in terms of the, the effort they're putting in to become yeah, good. That's where, whatever, whatever discipline you, you look at, really. So That's where it says, for example, in Karl Marx's works, where it says that everybody should be given a... A pro- uh, there's enough room in the in the in countries to give everybody a property, everybody water, 
and everybody yeah. food. There's enough enough of that in the world. So you look how much food, for example, as yeah. and Tesco's and Morrison's have got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as as far as uh, if we're talking about uh, the prosperity of human beings and the the very basic right to actually live, then I totally agree that everyone should at least have a roof over their head. They should have access to clean drinking water, and there should be access to food and uh, self-sufficient technologies. Because at the moment, there is enough wealth to go around the world like three, four times over. Yeah. You look how, how many uh, properties are left empty in this country, for example. Yeah. There's a, and you think, well, why is there so many homeless people? But that house down the road has been empty for a year now, but there's still homeless people. I can never wrap my head around that. Anyway, to go back to the point I was making, where it was saying that everybody should be given a piece a property, food, basically only enough food to survive on. But then when you see someone, but you don't get you don't get a TV or anything, but if you see somebody with a TV, you can say, oh, I want to go to work to earn money for that TV. Yes. Given the standard lot of food, the standard property, but if you want to move to a bigger property, that's where, you, that's where it gives you the motivation to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, um, yeah, I mean, really, it really just comes down to everyone pulling their socks up and reevaluating where we stand. You know, as human beings, it should be everyone's basic right to have access to clean drinking water. I find it amazing. I find it amazing that water, which is an endless supply, because they said they talk about wasting water. There's no such thing as water wastage, because at the end of the day, we have something called the hydro- hydrological cycle. Everything that ends up in the sewage, whatever it's filtered, when it goes up into the air, it's distilled by the clouds and it falls down as rain. It falls down as distilled water, which is pure water. Now, OK, that water does get a bit dirty because it, fall- it falls through a uh, polluted atmosphere, so it becomes uh, sulfuric acid, but that water can still be purified. And so there's enough water in the world to, to give access to everyone uh, clean drinking water you know yeah. i mean it, it, the way i look at it is it's a, it's a great big shame that in this day and age we have to pay to live you know you have to if you think about it, you actually have to pay to survive which is ridiculous uh, the three essential things for human who, human survival is food water and shelter and yeah. all those three things you have to pay for i mean i i refuse to pay my water bill yep so i haven't paid it in like two years <laughs> So you must be getting you must be getting a drip through your tap at the moment then. Yeah, no, they they, they can't they're legally not allowed to cut off your water supply. Right. So, but they can take you to court about it. They've threatened me with that before, but anyway. So, the three basic things for human survival, but all three things you have to pay for, and if you don't pay for pay for it, you can get into trouble off the law for using something that you need to survive, which really doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. I mean, that, that leads me on to another topic, and that is, and you can call, you can call it conspiracy theories if you like, but I have I have first-hand experience of this. And basically, what the government in the UK do is they actually use um, what they call well, basically, we're using two types of laws. So, I'm not sure if you're aware of something called maritime law and common law. Uh, I am partially, but I'm not so fully sure what it is. Okay, so basically, a good while ago, uh, when goods used to arrive via sea through ships, ships used to come in and they used to berth, as in they used to dock. And when they used to dock, they used to register their goods over to – they used to declare their goods, basically. So once the goods were handed over, they were signed off. Uh, Obviously, the goods were no longer theirs because customers would actually take over the goods. So what we now have is a process of maritime law that's now applied to human beings because when a child is born, what happens? We – 
we when the child is birthed, as in I'm I'm talking about B E R T H, not yeah. B I R T H. So when a child is birthed, we then, as in like docked, we then register that vessel to the government by the, by saying you know I'm handing legal titleship over to the government, which is why yeah. if your child doesn't go to school, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, they can come in and they can grab your child from you. In yeah. a re- in a real world. Nobody should be allowed to do that because that is your child. But because the very fact that you've now registered that child by name uh, yeah. to to the state gives the state the right to actually take that child away. Yes. Uh, and so now we have this this whole maritime law system that's now set up so that if you don't tax your car, you know they take your car away from you as well. Because what you do is when you register your car, you're not the registered owner. If you look at your V5C document, you're the registered keeper of that vehicle. Yeah. Just the DVLA are not interested in the registered owner is there any reg- interest in registered keepers so your car actually in actual fact doesn't belong to you and there's so many other examples like this as well it's, 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 it's absolutely crazy I mean it, it just goes it's a huge subject it just goes on and on and on and it yeah. really is, After, it really is uh, they, they don't but, but there, was, there, was a, there was a time where we had common law and a common law still, still does exist and the, uh, in the Magna Carta I'm not sure if you're familiar with what the Magna Carta yeah. is, but it was basically the, the foundation of uh, the laws that are specifically applicable to England. And in the Magna Carta, it actually specifies that there will be lords, baroness, and justices set up to actually maintain the common law of the human being. And that yeah. human being should be able to travel from point A to point B without hindrance. So if I start driving um, in a private car, I like to call it car because if you use the term vehicle, that's the legal terms that they like to use. But if I was driving in my four-wheel motor vehicle, um, from point A to point B, I shouldn't have to be stopped for not having a license or, or using, you know, not paying tax because it's my private car that I've purchased with my sweat equity and I'm now traveling from point A to point B and I'm not engaging in any commerce. So it's a public highway. But yeah. now because because the vehicle is handed over to them, you're you're basically paying them to have the privilege of using your own vehicle, which is just, it's just a huge corrupt system, really is. Yeah, they're very corrupt. For example, like... Uh, one of my friends who I work with made a good point about, for example, TV licensing. So yeah. you, are, yeah, you have legally have to pay TV licensing, but if you don't pay it, they can send you to prison, but you go into prison to watch TV anyway. So what's the point in paying it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole TV license thing is just a scam. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how they can, they can have, uh, you know, stipulation from a private corporation and turn that into a law, which is just not, it's not the case. Yeah, well, well, according to Anchor, uh, we have 30 seconds or so. Uh, we need to wrap up because in the maximum recording time for a co-host is 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's been great talking to you. Um, me too. And I'm going to tap on finish and save. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.